Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The thing that would be amazing is to move up to be the king of all Israel. That was really what was supposed to happen to Jonathan. But he knows that God's in control of this. So we see an amazing picture of his character. Unlike Saul later, there's no jealousy, there's no envy, and he submits to David by indicating, giving his robe and so forth, I'm willing to submit to you, David, but more than that, I'm willing to submit to the will of God. Have you ever lost out on a position that you had your heart set on? Maybe there was something owned by a loved one that you'd hoped to inherit but went to another family member. Those situations are hard to deal with. The disappointment many times can fester and give rise to bitterness and resentment. Pastor Mark will be teaching about David, the future king, and Jonathan, who by right of succession should have become king after his father, and Jonathan's acceptance of God's will. Not only did he accept it, he seems to have enthusiastically embraced it. What a lesson to learn. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 18 as he continues in his series called The Life of David. All right, if you're going to study with us tonight, you need a Bible. Thanks for all of you being here. We're going through the life of David, and uh, you can get your Bibles and turn in that Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 Samuel chapter 18. If you don't have somebody around you with a Bible, please get your hand up because you'll want to enjoy this as we do this whole chapter tonight. Just keep it up, and we will be more than happy to uh, give you a Bible. We get more. We have plenty of Bibles, so... If, again, you need one, keep your hand up for Samuel chapter 18. Now, tonight's a study, an interesting study, in contrasts. Initially, the contrast is David, upon which is the Spirit of the Lord, King Saul, on which the Spirit of the Lord has departed. And that brings all kinds of dichotomies and all kinds of contrast. And we'll look at those as we begin. First Samuel chapter 18. This is right after David has uh, defeated Goliath and uh, took the head home and put the sword and so forth in his trophy room. Now, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan, which is King Saul's son, became one in spirit with David. And he loved him as himself. Now from that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. You remember before, David was kind of going to the palace, playing some music for Saul because 
that spirit had come upon him, and then he would go back to the, the fields to uh, take care of the sheep, and then back to the palace and back to the fields. And of course, then his next trip was out just to bring bread and cheese and word to his brothers, and that's what happened with Goliath. So that is the end of David going back home to his father. Life has changed. He's now going to be in the palace. Of course, he's going to be around 20 more years before he becomes king. But he's going to be involved, and of course, he's not always going to be in the palace. We'll see as we move on. He has to run for his life very often, many times away. So, verse 3, and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. So, here's an interesting friendship developing. Um, We will see as we move through the scriptures, they're very much like-minded. They both have an amazing heart for God. We don't know their ages. I'm sure there was some difference in age because we don't know that exactly. The scripture doesn't really tell us. We talked about the importance of real friends in our lives. And David is away from family. Saul, Jonathan's father, He's not with it now. He has these amazing periods. So here's two young men. God's brought them together. And instead of being lonely, instead of having an unfulfilled life, I believe God ordained this amazing friendship between David and Jonathan. In recent years, because of the climate that we have outside of the church, there's been many accusations, false accusations by people that point to this relationship of Jonathan and David as a reason to have homosexual relationships between two men. That's the enemy at his key. This has nothing to do with a sexual relationship. And we can be friends with other men. Ladies can be great friends with other ladies. The sexual part is totally separate. And you'll see later that Jonathan and David are men after God's own heart. Well, the heart of God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for that. So there's no way that they would be there. So again, the enemy just knows how to do things. This is just going to be, David doesn't know it yet, but God's going to say, David, your life's going to be very difficult for the next few years. You have the anointing of God, but it's not going to go like you imagine in your mind. It's just going to be very difficult. So I believe God brought Jonathan alongside. You'll see how that develops to uh, orchestrate this friendship. If you're here tonight and you're walking alone in life, let me just challenge you. That's not what God designed. Pray, ask God to bring you a friend, a real friend, somebody you can trust, be with. And uh, for the most part, as we begin to watch David, he will walk in the will of God, as does Jonathan. It will be difficult, but Jonathan is, well, he's bold. He's brave, exactly like David. He's a brave soldier. He himself won many battles. But this is a love, a human love of a friend. One friend to another has nothing to do with sexuality. Now, this covenant that they make with each other, notice verse 3, a covenant, was a mutual agreement where they're going to take care of each other's needs and they're going to watch out for each other and they're going to take care of the things that come up in life. They're not doing it alone and there's going to be a loyalty that is amazing as we go. Now, to 
celebrate different in this day than we would today. Look at verse 4. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic, even his sword and his bowl and his belt. As a result of this covenant, Jonathan is going to do a visual. He's going to signify this by giving of his own robe, his sword, his bow, and his belt to David. In those days, specifically, these items were very treasured by the individual. So this gift wouldn't have just been, here's a nice sword, here's a, this is a gift of the highest honor between friends. Now, another thing that you have to begin to think about, because sometimes we miss this, it seems like somewhere in here, we don't know exactly where, that David shares with Jonathan that he's going to be the next king, that he's been anointed. Remember, that was pretty much private. But he's been anointed to be the next king. Well, we don't know how the initial reaction is, but as we move along, you have to see the character of Jonathan. I mean, who should have been the legitimate successor to Saul's throne? Jonathan. So how is he going to take that? I mean, the thing that would be amazing is to move up to be the king of all Israel. That was really what was supposed to happen to Jonathan. But he knows that God's in control of this. So we see an amazing picture of his character. Unlike Saul later, there's no jealousy, there's no envy, and he submits to David by indicating, given his robe and so forth, I'm willing to submit to you, David, but more than that, I'm willing to submit to the will of God. That's an amazing example for all of us to see this contrast as we take a look at Saul, who is exactly the opposite, totally filled with jealousy. So the first thing I want us to write tonight and think about this is this statement. We need to learn to submit to God's will, no matter what you think. See, for sure, many years, Jonathan has been thinking about the transition. But it's never going to happen, as he thought it was going to happen. So he could certainly have gotten angry. He would say, I'm going to be your friend. Are you kidding me? You just took the throne away from me. But he knew that God was in control. So that's very important. And he's just going to submit to the will of God because the will of God is always the right thing. Only because we can only see today. We can't even see tomorrow. God knows how it's all going to work out. And so Jonathan is a great example of us of just submitting to the will of God. Now, verse 5. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. Now, let me have your attention. Right here, everything looks good to Saul. He's excited. He's got a young guy as part of his staff. This is going to be amazing. He's going to put him in the army. He's a steady. How could he get any better? The guy that stepped forward, a young guy, probably early 20s, stepped forward, killed Goliath. Man, it can't get any better than this. So he's very ecstatic at this point. And not only because of David and what he did, but he sees the character of David. David puts his whole heart into serving Saul in Israel 
and God. That's what God wants from you tonight. That's what God wants from me tonight. Later, David's son, Solomon, wrote this in Ecclesiastes. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. See, we're to be known as people of excellence. In whatever we do, not perfection, but people of excellence. In whatever we do, in all the kinds of things. And you know that's what we strive for in this church. In every single way. You saw the kids from the academy here tonight. Now, they did excellent. How did that happen? Well, they just got together 10 minutes before tonight and decided to sing for us. Is that true? No, there's lots of hours of what? Hard practice. People working with them. As you look at the stage tonight, this just happened in about a half hour one day. Somebody had an idea and threw it together, right? I think not. So understand that if you're going to do something, you're doing it for the Lord. Everything we do, bottom line, represents God. And so this is what really this charismatic young man had a work ethic that King Saul said, I love this guy. I'm excited about this guy. Now, verse 6. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, with tambourines and lutes. And they danced. As they danced, they sang. Here's a song. I don't know how it goes, but something like this. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Now, what's going to happen with this song? This is going to go to the top of the charts in Israel, but King Saul hates it. This is not going to be in the top 40 for King Saul. This is going to be at the bottom. You know why? Look at verse 8. Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. Enough said. He couldn't stand it. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? Now think about this. Had David killed ten thousands? How many did he kill? One. So see what happens? All of a sudden, the people start to take David, and what's happening? He's raising to the top. Now remember, this is a young boy, doesn't know anything about the kingdom. He's being raised right to the top. Saul, this guy that's been there for a long time, all of a sudden, he's very different than his son, Jonathan. Saul is jealous. Jonathan was right with God. Saul was not right with God. Saul sees David as a double threat. One, to himself, and also to his son, Jonathan. Wait a minute. If he becomes that popular, my son will never take the throne. Notice, what more can he get but the kingdom? I mean, this is what he's after. So all of a sudden, Saul sees his popularity falling like crazy. It's just plummeting to nothing. And then Saul, no doubt, in the back of his mind, because of this last part of the statement, what more can he get but the kingdom? In the back of his mind, he remembers a time where the prophet Samuel said to him, what? Your kingdom is coming to an end. Somebody else will ascend to the throne. So he's starting now to put it together. Look at verse 9. And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye 
on David. You don't have to write this down, but I want you to see it because we need to think about it. How do we feel when God blesses someone else? Anybody in this room know what feeling jealous is about? Any, anybody, anybody in this room ever had any kind of envious feelings at all? Anybody? Okay, the rest of you have no feelings at all, period. We all know exactly what. How many remember dating when you were 15 and 16 and 17? Any jealousy? Anything happened there? If you could have killed, you'd have killed, wouldn't you? But you knew you as a Christian, you can't kill. Jealous, anger, when we see somebody else. Our spouses today even know how to bring that up. They bring up that person that they dated way back. Causes chills to go up and down our spine a little bit, doesn't it? We still have jealousy after all those years, don't we? I remember my wife used to talk about this all the time. Yeah, the week I dated you, you dated four other girls. (laughs) But I always used to remind her about Tom. Tom. I remember Tom. Let me get on to the teaching tonight so that we don't have to go back. It's only been 44 years. It's not a problem. I've forgotten it a long time ago. I don't remember who the four girls were, but I'm going to work on it. All right, now. You know better. If Facebook was alive then, whoa. You see, jealousy is a very difficult thing. When we begin to understand all of the things that are happening here, when God ordains to bless somebody else, we've talked about this before, all of a sudden God blesses some other church in the community and they just blow things out of the water and it goes crazy and they're building buildings and going nuts and whatever. As long as they're teaching the word of God. Now, would we have trouble? Yeah, we'll probably all have to fight jealousy a little bit. But that jealousy's wrong. See, it's not about us. It's not about this church. It's not about you or me. It's not about your ministry. Sometimes ministries, home groups, ministries, things just, it's just over and you have to move on. Well, this is what's happening here. Life isn't about us. It's about God. And when God blesses somebody else, we actually should be glad for them and defeat that old jealous attitude that's in us. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for a moment. This was not unknown later in the church. It's still known today in our churches. And we have to, uh, we have to fight this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he doesn't like, he doesn't like what he sees. Look at what he says in verse 1. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. In other words, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, still not ready. You are still worldly. Well, how do we know what that looks like? For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? So Paul is correcting these believers who are living like unbelievers. The proof is envy, jealousy, strife among them, the way the world works. So Paul says, Such behavior is characteristics of who you used to be. It's characteristic of a baby. That's mine. 
It should not be characteristic of those who are filled with the Spirit of God. Look at verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So Paul says, get real. Take a look at who you are. Take a look at me. Apollos has his deal. I've got my deal. We're just men. God gave the increase. We didn't have anything to do with the increase. So that's why here, in this church or any other church, you can just change names. I follow uh, Pastor Dave or Pastor Dean or Pastor Bo. You follow Pastor Mark. Well, I like Pastor Dean or Bo. Bo. We don't have that trouble, but it could happen. It could happen. And some churches do that, and there's this amazing jealousy. Well, how many times did he speak? Well, Pastor Mark was going, he did it four times. I only spoke once, and what's happening with that? Well, that's natural. That's our natural ability to go in there and just be in the flesh. Colossians says this. We look at the sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him, Jesus, and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he holds it all together right up to this very moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes it, he holds it together like a head does a body. So we have to rewind it tonight. In our lives, in this church, there's only one head. It's God. And we're just gifted, and we just serve God, all of us. So as you can thinking about all of this, the next thing I want you to write is this, because this is what you're going to see happen to the, the life of Saul. Maybe you're here tonight, and there's some of those kind of things in ministry or all kinds of things happening. Be very careful. Pride, jealousy, and fear lead to a miserable life. It's just a miserable life. And you're going to see in a moment as we go through it, It consumes King Saul. He can't stand it. All of us come from the workforce, and some of you are in jobs where you you have to produce more than others and all of that kind of thing. And you want to do everything with excellence, but you have to be very careful that you're not in there striving against somebody else. Notice what, again, one of David's sons, Solomon, said, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood. But jealousy is even more dangerous. Now, remember who fell initially because of jealousy. Who? Satan. He wanted to be like God. And that caused him to fall. So we have to be very careful. Now, let's head back. 1 Samuel 18, verse 10. Now, the next day... So, remember the kind of spirit that's already on King Saul... That spirit of jealousy, the old flesh, it's working on him. Spirit of God's left him. The next day, an evil spirit from God, God allowed this, came forcibly upon Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing his harp, as he usually did, because he's trying to get that music to soothe Saul's evil spirit. Today, Pastor Mark began teaching about one of the most amazing friendships in all of the Bible— That was between David and Jonathan. Jonathan's acceptance of David's being the next king instead of himself shows his complete submission to God's will. You gotta think about your own reaction when someone receives the blessing you had hoped to receive. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue to teach about Jonathan's attitude, his submission to God's will for his life. You'll be challenged to address the negative attitudes of pride, jealousy, and fear, which you'll observe in Saul's life. That may be trying to take root in your own life. You'll be reminded that God wants to change you from a fleshly person to a spiritual person. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.